Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in the Sermon on the Mount to Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, which reads, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Once you choose the narrow gate and begin your journey on the narrow way to life, there are numerous enemies, and they are shrewd. They are called false prophets. A true prophet is God's mouthpiece, chosen and equipped by God to bring his message to people. A false prophet pretends to speak for God, but is actually a self-appointed mouthpiece for his or her own message. False prophets are people who exert spiritual influence on people contrary to God's way. The New Testament speaks of false prophets, false brothers, false apostles, false teachers, false speakers, false witnesses, and false Christs. Satan counterfeits everything good from God, and he infiltrates every group where God is at work. Everything Satan does is deceitful. God uses his spokesman. Satan counters with false prophets. Please listen to Pastor Jim's message entitled, Beware of Wolves. So here's a truth that you can be confident is going to be evident all your Christian life wherever you go. Never forget this. Satan counterfeits everything good from God. And he infiltrates every group where God is at work. That's the parable of the wheat and the tares. Wherever the wheat grows, Satan sows weeds that look just like wheat until the harvest. Everything Satan does is deceitful. So if God has his spokespeople, Satan counters with false prophets. God saves us into a spiritual family. Satan deceives some into thinking that they're Christians when they're not. Um, God called the original apostles, then Satan came along and sent men to undermine their ministry by claiming to be super apostles. Remember, they dogged Paul and followed him around and said, oh, Paul was good and that gospel is okay, but now we're going to tell you the real stuff. You've got to add on to that salvation by grace through faith stuff, and, and, and we're going to show you the real way. Satan brings people as false teachers who are equally eloquent, maybe sometimes more eloquent, but they twist and confuse the Word of God. God sent His only begotten Son. Satan raises up any number of clever, smooth-talking deceivers who claim sometimes even to be the Messiah, but always to be the spokesman for the Savior. So Jesus' warning is, beware. Literally, hold yourself away. That's what the word beware means. Hold yourself away from them. This is one more direct slap at the system and the teaching and the spokesman of the Pharisees, but it goes much broader than just them in this case to include anyone else and any other system which fits the description of false prophet. 
There are about 40 examples of false prophets referred to in the New Testament, and they have been plentiful for nearly 2,000 years since the close of the New Testament. So as I said, sheep's clothing refers to normal uh, shepherd dress, uh, wearing woolen clothes and being familiar with the sheep, trying to blend in like, like a shepherd would. Many prophets in the Old Testament wore uh, simple, often coarse clothing. Uh, so those who wanted to impersonate a prophet would dress accordingly, and the Old Testament even refers to that. Now, ravenous wolves refers to the nature of these people. Now, I'm a city boy. I admit it. Closest I've ever been to a wolf was in a zoo. And fortunately, um, he was on the other side of the fence, so I couldn't get to him. Um, I remember, though, living in Idaho long enough, I remember the controversy over eradicating wolves. And then that led to the next controversy about reintroducing wolves. And when that controversy was going on, one of the things that I heard is that people had misrepresented what wolves are actually like. And I actually heard people say that wolves only kill when they're hungry. It's just part of the food chain. That's the way it goes. And that that argument worked on some poor city folk who didn't have sheep that lived out in a pasture. Um, A neighbor of a friend of ours, though, once lost 52 sheep one night to one small pack of wolves, and one little bit of a sheep was eaten. They are ravenous, false prophets, and those who follow false prophets are as dangerous to God's people as ravenous wolves are to sheep. Stay away. Now, how do false prophets operate? I'm going to, in the course of this, give you a a couple little lists. The first one's just uh, uh, three examples. But we can piece together some evidence to build a a pretty good composite portrait from Scripture and from 2,000 years of experience with with false teachers. But let let me give you some generalities about uh, false prophets. One thing you will notice is that false prophets are almost always independent. False prophets require being number one in their own circle, in their own uh, sphere of influence. If such people, as Jesus describes as false prophets here, if they have any kind of governing board or advisory board at all, it's a collection of yes-men, sycophants who will just do whatever the, the leader says to do. They don't want other strong leader types around. Another characteristic is that false prophets generally tell people what they want to hear. You know the case in the Old Testament where we're going to go to war. What do the prophets say? And, and Saul, Saul has his 400 prophets. Oh, yeah, go for it, go for it. And then, was well, there anybody that'll tell us what God actually thinks here? And there was the one guy, Micaiah, and uh, didn't go so, so well for saying what God said. Um, most of the time, 
These people tell people what they want to hear. Another biblical example is from uh, the book of Isaiah. They cry, peace, peace, when there is no peace. In that case, you know, well, there's not really going to be a captivity. You can look that one up in Isaiah and see what we're talking about. Or they they love to, in the modern days, uh, prey on the fears of paranoid people. They love to convince people that there is a conspiracy against them. Consider this description of uh, one of the enemies of God, Psalm 55, verse 21. His speech was smoother than butter. Well, that's picturesque, isn't it? But his heart was war. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords, that is, in the eyes of God. Another characteristic of false prophets is that they are possessive and controlling toward people. Go back to that word ravenous. It means greed and, and, and greedy and, and cruel. It's related to a verb that means to snatch or to seize. False leaders are masterful at keeping people in their grip, hanging on to them. And in order to stay away from the false prophets, you need to know who they are. So, Jesus gives you a description in, a, in the form of a very powerful word picture. It's verses 16 through 20. So, if I was going to outline this, I'd say verse 15 is the command and verse 16 through 20 is the illustration. But here we go. Chapter 7, verses 16 through 20. You will know them by their fruits. Notice he means you can discern false teachers. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then, you will know them by their fruits. Now, you don't need a whole bunch of word studies in there. You know the difference between a fig and a thistle. You know the difference between a, a grape and a, and a thorn. But there is one important detail in those five verses. The verbs there that describe fruit bearing are present tenses. And I've explained to you before, but it's never... Uh, never a problem to say it again and again because sometimes you can't put an emphasis into one language that is implied in, in the Greek, and this is such a case. The present tense means that it's describing continuous or repeated or ongoing long-range activity. He's saying good trees over the long haul produce good fruit. Bad trees over the long haul produce bad fruit. So what does it mean spiritually? Well, a Christian can do a bad deed, can say a wicked thing, and an unsaved person can do a good deed or be compassionate or say something kind. But over time, the overall pattern of a person's life will show whether that person glorifies God as his child or lives for self-interest. And by the way, 
This warning is at least as important today as it was on the day that Jesus preached this sermon. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.